The scripture reading this evening is a familiar portion of scripture. It is the the parable of the sower, the seed, and the soil. And uh, so tonight, the words will not be on the screen. Rather, there will be pictures to represent each of the four different soils that Jesus talks about. So if you would like to follow along in the Bible, uh, feel free to look this up in Matthew 13, verses 1 to 9, or uh, just listen to this uh, story that uh, Jesus shares. Matthew chapter 13. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear the word of the Lord. I believe that if you listen with your ears to the word of God tonight and you listen with your heart, that there will be blessing from this message for your life this evening. Now, who is this message for? Uh, it is for the skeptic, the one without faith in Jesus and If there is a skeptic here tonight, I encourage you to to listen to these words with an open heart. This message, I believe, is also for believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter if you are young in the faith or very old in the faith, I would like you to consider this question tonight as you hear this message. How is God calling me to purify my faith in Jesus. How is God calling me to refine my faith as we listen to the words of this parable? The theme of the message is simple. The best life is based on God's word. The best life is based on God's word. And so I'm going to go through the uh, four different soils and uh, explain uh, their meaning and uh, encourage us in the faith and hopefully challenge us in the faith as well. Now, after Jesus spoke this parable, uh, quite frankly, uh, people could, could get the farming imagery, but they didn't exactly know what Jesus meant, scratching their heads. What does this mean? And so the disciples came to Jesus later and said, Lord, Please help us to understand. And so Jesus explains the parable to them. So Jesus says, listen then to what the parable of the sower 
means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The hard ground. I also title it, My Faith. Emphasis on my. Uh, In April, I uh, visited our uh, uh, Lombard's uh, youth group, and uh, we looked at this parable, and we acted it out. We will not do that tonight, Uh, but we acted it out, and uh, we looked at it, and in the process, I had students get into small groups, and I asked them questions based on, on each of the soils. And so, uh, for instance, when we got to this part, um, I had them get in small groups, and I said, can you please list, bullet points, answer to this question, why do people doubt? Why do people doubt? And here are some of their responses. Can't see God. This next one, I think, is, is insightful. Fear of giving up control. Uh, don't want to submit or a hurtful past from those in authority or those claiming to be Christian. I would like us to think about the hard ground this way tonight. My faith, what I believe, I conceive. What I believe is what I develop for myself, my own faith, my own spirituality that I feel comfortable with. This is a form of spirituality that does not require submission. And it's a type of spirituality that, sure, it may look at the Bible, uh, but what it does is it just kind of picks and chooses various parts that feel comfortable, uh, fit my particular lifestyle without accepting the whole of what the Word of God says. Uh, This form of spirituality also might place the Bible... Uh, next to other paths of spirituality uh, that exist in our world. Why is this spirituality bad? Well, it is because it places self at the center. And for self to be the the foundation of our life, I think this is pretty shaky. Uh, As we know, uh, we ourselves are, are profoundly weak. And not only that, life is so temporary. I mean, if you were to plot my life on the timeline of human history, are you ready for it? That's me. That's it. And and I think that I might come up with some kind of faith that is the truth of of the universe. Uh, Let me give you an, an example of this. Uh, This applies to no high school students in this room or college students. Let me look around here. No, 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 it doesn't apply. But occasionally I will come across a a student that it seems uh, more so than others that they really reject authority in their life, uh, teachers, and just reject parents' authority as well. Now, when I look at those students and I, I look at their lives... I do not see a picture of liberation, a picture of of true freedom. The opposite, quite in fact. I I see it really a picture of of sadness 
and of hurt. To, to throw off submission is no answer to, to live the best kind of life. So what is our response to the hard ground, to this idea of what I believe, it's what I conceive? Well, the response, of course, is to read God's word. And even to the skeptic, I would say, have an experiment. It won't hurt. Why not, once a day for a couple months, you read a chapter in the Gospels, a story of Jesus, and see what God's word might do working in your heart. And to those of you here tonight that have committed your life to Jesus, and yet you struggle with areas of doubt, I would say, read more of the Bible. Now, why the Bible? Why the Bible? Now, of course, this is a message in and of itself, but let me just say a few things very quickly why the Bible. First, at its foundation, this is a message of grace. It is not a message of you better perform to be accepted. Sure, we need to work hard at our sanctification, at at living the Christian life, but at its core, it is a message of grace. Also, the Bible is historically rooted. It is not just a collection of myths, and it's not just uh, one point in time historically rooted. It covers history over thousands of years by many authors, and it all ties together. It is amazing. And this is the only message, if you think about it, the only message that has surpassed cultural barrier, ethnic group, language group, country, nation. It has permeated the world. And uh, finally, I believe in every human there is a longing for hope. We all want hope in our lives. And, And this book, this is God's message of hope. We need to read the Bible to build faith. So, the hard ground can be softened by looking at God's word. Next, Jesus continues, the seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they, only, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Shallow soil, my feelings. I asked our youth group, how can feelings lead us away from God? Feelings, they said, feelings can control us, our, our thoughts, how we think and our actions. Uh, They can result in anger or bitterness expressed toward others. When our faith is based on feelings alone, we can be tempted to doubt that God really cares. Uh, When prayers are not answered, we can feel hurt or angry at God and just focus on the hurt. Also, we can develop pride and feel like we don't need God. So I'd like to uh, think about the shallow soil more, my feelings. What I feel is real. What I feel is real. Now, of course, God has given us 
feelings. It is a part of human existence. I believe it's a part of, of the richness of human experience. I mean, our feelings. But what I'm talking about here is this. When how you feel becomes the biggest influence in how you make decisions. When how you feel calls the shots in your life. Why is, uh, why is this bad? Well, ultimately, a life simply governed by feelings is not a free life. Uh, we become a slave to our feelings and circumstances control us. If feelings is, is most important, then when we feel God is near, oh, it's good. But if we don't feel God is near, then our faith sinks. And, and you know, uh, there are times, of course, when we don't feel God is near. Or we're called to sacrifice, and that doesn't necessarily feel good. And so we cannot be ruled and controlled by our feelings. Some examples of this. Uh, there are many daily small things that will trigger within us being upset or irritated because we don't feel good. And other people can receive the brunt of this. Uh, I am, of course, not against caffeine. But if, if you get so grumpy and irritable because you don't feel good, because you don't have your caffeine and take it out on other people, this is just a little example of, of feelings calling the shots. Uh, let me give you a bigger example. Uh, Let's for a moment talk about romance, shall we? I teach it. High school. I'm seeing this now. The couple walking down the hall holding hands, you know? Now, when you really like someone, that feels, feels good. And actually, you know, God created romance. He created romance to be, wow, this is wonderful, you know, if, if I'm out walking in the woods with the trees and I reach down and hold my wife's hand, oh, this is good, yes? Amen, yes, okay. You're such a good audience. This is at the end of the school year. My classes are more talkative, so it's fine. If any of you talk and I can tell you to be quiet, I'll feel very much at home. Anyway, so uh, romances, romances, it's a good thing, okay, and, and it feels good. The problem is that we can be tempted to put human romance above commitment to Jesus. And then that's when, when feelings are more important and have an improper place in our lives. And so we need to remember the order of priority of things. And it's so easy to let certain things that we have a lot of feeling with just edge higher in priority than our commitment to Jesus Christ. If we do that, shallow soil is affecting us. Uh, one other example uh, on this point uh, would be, quite frankly, addictions. You know, what, what's going on with addictions? It is, I am not feeling good, and so I'm going to take something to make me feel good in the short term. And with addictions... It is only short-term. It is not even solving your problem. In fact, it's making your life worse in the long term. Yet in the short term, 
I need to feel good. And so alcohol or drugs come into play. You know, one of the latest addictions that uh, people are concerned about is, is internet technology screen. Uh, there are people today that get withdrawal symptoms if they don't have their screen entertainment, their technology in, in front of them. And, and what is it? I, I, I need this feeling. And, and they're drawn to this. Uh, what is our response to the shallow soil? Well, we need to be honest with ourselves. We need to be honest with what's going on inside of us, with our feelings. We, of course, need to come to God's word and focus on God's word. And we also need to, to gain the support of the church, of the Christian community. And there's many ways to do that. But, but sometimes it is just talking to a trusted Christian friend. Here's what I'm struggling with, with with my feelings, to be honest with you. And, and I need prayer, and I need support and encouragement. And uh, God can really minister in those types of relationships, getting rid of the shallow soil in our lives. My feelings, what I feel, is real. Jesus' explanation of the parable continues. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. Thorns, my focus, my focus. I asked our youth group, how do we solve problems without God? I thought this was clever. One group wrote down, take the boat to Tarshish, not Nineveh. This is good with the Jonah thing. And, and what were they saying there? What they were saying is, my will be done, not thy will be done. Uh, just Google it. Of course, this gives all the answers to life, right? Uh, talk to friends or others, but only accept what we like. And then put our faith only in self. Thorns, my focus, what I view is most true. What I view is most true. Of course, it is fine. No, it is important to work hard to solve problems in life. But the question is, where does God fit in to this? Is there still this focus on the Lord as we deal with problems that we may have in life. We must live by faith and not just by sight. After Jesus resurrected from the dead, he appeared to the, to the disciples, and one disciple was not there. Who was that disciple that was not there? Doubting Thomas. And so Thomas comes back to the disciples, and they're all excited. We have seen the Lord. He is alive. And what does Thomas say? I will only believe if I see the nail prints in his hand. Thomas had to see. Sometimes we just look at the situation. We are focused on what we see. 
and we ignore God. When we just focus on what is in front of us and we ignore God, what happens? Worry and stress. The thorns of worry and stress invade our lives. When we just look at money, the passage talked about the deceitfulness of wealth. When we just look at at money, what money can do for us, how money can influence, what we can buy, the pleasure we get from what money can buy, when we just look at money, this is a thorn, thorns that begin to choke us. Why is this bad? Because obviously, thorns choke the life out of you. When you think of worry and stress, I do not have to uh, right now refer to specific uh, medical studies. I think it's kind of obvious that worry and stress bring along a host of medical problems. And so worry and stress not only chokes us spiritually, even biologically, it is a thorn in our, in our lives. Uh, money and stuff. I am thankful for the money I have, but it is, it is just money, it is just stuff. A very wealthy man on his deathbed will not say, hurry up, please move me in the garage so I can lie next to my Lamborghini. No. It's just stuff. Jesus told Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. What are examples of this? I have a good example for you. Uh, I preached here and there was a baptism, right? And there was double the congregation. It's fine. So uh, um, one of the things that I said uh, was that a prayer that God always answers is a prayer for peace. So uh, somebody that was here uh, contacted me and said that they were struggling with something that was going to happen in the future. And they were worrying about it. And it even moved into fearfulness about something that was coming up in the future. And uh, this woman took God's word to heart. Philippians chapter 4, present your request to God and the God of peace will guard your heart and mind. And she shared with me the wonderful testimony that she honestly prayed this prayer of faith. And when she did, the thorns of worry and fearfulness left her life. What a wonderful testimony of somebody's in faith response to God's word and the thorns were gone. Uh, one more example. Uh, we, we live in an affluent society and so we have money to buy stuff. Then we need to buy more stuff to update our stuff and we need to spend time maintaining our stuff and then we need to be, buy more stuff to help our other stuff that we buy and we're surrounded by stuff. And we can It is a temptation to be so focused on our stuff to the exclusion of God, and we ignore God. And so what is the response to this? Trusting God involves some risk. It is a step of faith. And um, weakness, worry, and sickness 
is a spiritual issue of trust and faith. Do we look at worry, sickness, and weakness? Do we look at those things as a spiritual issue of trust in God? And then uh, one other response is uh, simply a faithful giving. Uh, giving to uh, Daystar. Faithful giving to the church. Because when we give faithfully, uh, this is a very concrete example of uh, it affects our pocketbook and it's saying, Lord, my money is, is really your money and I want to be a good steward with it. Uh, lastly, but the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. The fertile soil, the best life, faith and humility leads to God's blessing. Faith and humility leads to God's blessing. How do you have the best life? In faith, you accept that God's word is the best path for your life. In humility, you humbly accept and submit and yield to God's word. And do you know what happens when in faith you accept God's word and in humility you submit to God's word? What is happening is you are in fact creating fertile soil in your heart. And it is not your responsibility to be fruitful and make it grow. On this Pentecost Sunday, we need to remember that as we, as we are humble before God, what that does is it opens up our heart to the power of the Holy Spirit for God Almighty to do His work in transforming us, in empowering us, and in leading us to be fruitful for his cause, his purpose, and his kingdom. And we get to be a part of God's glorious grand design and purposes in this world. And so, in humility and faith, we have fertile soil, and God does his work through us by his Spirit. So as we close, I would like to uh, have a prayer in which uh, we, we have just a few moments of silence, and then I will pray. And I want to ask you, what point of this message this evening is the point that, that God wants to work more deeply in your life? My faith. Letting selfish ideas affect your faith. Are there ways in which you are letting selfish ideas affect your faith? My feelings. Are there ways in which your feelings are calling the shots, are ruling your life? And my focus. How are circumstances and things distracting you from God? as we repent of our sin and receive the forgiveness of Jesus.
God will do his good work in our lives.